0: Great to have you guys here with us today. I think this is the deepest theological crash in the world, so <laughs> welcome to that. Last, uh, last week, we finished this series on the prophetic that we've been... So starting off today, we're kicking off this new series, and the series is going to be called The Holy Spirit. It's about life in the Spirit. And honestly, when I was just praying about, okay, God, it's actually these transition points going into a new series. It's always it's like, oh, okay, well, what do we, Lord, where are you taking us? What do we do? And if you've been with us, you know, we've been very much on a journey since the beginning of the year that God's kind of been guiding. And when I hear, heard him just saying about the Holy Spirit, I thought, well, you know, we've just finished a whole series on the prophetic. Isn't this like really, really similar? You know, isn't it very, like, isn't it almost a, a step back in a sense? It, like, God, what, what is it that you've got going on here? And I'm going to share a bit in a a minute what I felt God was just revealing to me. But I feel that it is he's leading us on, that he's leading us on to a, a bigger place, that it's a step up. It's not even a step sideways, but it's a step up for us, building on all the things that we've been looking at. And the message in my heart has been that this prophetic series has led us into a place and opened our eyes. Maybe some of us reminded us, maybe for some of us it's opened our eyes to things for the first time, of just the real, raw reality of this relationship with God here in in the moment, here here in the everyday. And you'll remember from the prophetic series, a lot of what we were doing, it was focusing on, actually, it's not about the stuff. It's not about the gift. It's about relationship. It's about love with God. It's about pushing in to him. It's about walking in the way of love, not seeking the Holy Spirit as a means to experience the spectacular or something like that. I think this is maybe one of the greatest issues, especially can be amongst kind of like charismatic Pentecostal churches, which, which is what, what destiny is, is that within a Christian or believer's passion, and interest to see the power of God move, to see the supernatural, to see people healed and hear the word of God, or hear the hear the prophetic and things like that, we can end up completely unintentionally violating that relationship between us and God. Because at its heart, we're pursuing God because we want to see something. We wanna we wanna see we pursue Him because we wanna see this thing happen that it's not just the relationship itself and this stuff happens from that. That actually, you know, the Holy Spirit isn't a means to an end. He is an end in itself. He is, he is God Almighty. And that when we're pushed into him and we're in that place dwelling with him, this other stuff happens. The goal isn't the gifts, the goal is his presence, his, just his love and being with him. And when we're in that place, we're gonna see incredible things. See, we have a word in English or a phrase in English. When we do something like that, we call it using people, don't we? When we create a relationship or push, push into a relationship because actually the, our, the ends isn't the relationship, but it's something that we get out of the relationship. But I believe that's one of the core reasons we've gone through this prophetic thing because that isn't this prophetic series because that isn't where we're at, that we've spent weeks and weeks looking at. Actually, all this awesome stuff, hearing from God, sharing the word of God into the world. It's all about relationship. It's all about proximity to him. It's all about walking in that way of love, having your ear to the very heart of heaven. And so I kind of get this impression from God. I'm not 100 percent sure where this is going, but I get this impression from God that actually what he is leading us on and into isn't just kind of some overview of the Holy Spirit and stuff like that but actually it's going to be substantial. It's going to be meaty. It's going to pull us and challenge us into places which is more than we've been walking in before. I believe we're we're in a good place to walk in that. It's taking us to a deeper place with life in Him, seeing that real, raw reality. That's something the prophetic series did. Week in, week out, people getting up here, sharing testimonies of how God, has been speaking through them or how God has been speaking to them through others. Going to a deeper place with him, a life where we experience him, not just believe that we could experience him, but one where we're actually day in, day out experiencing God Almighty. So the big idea for today if you want like a statement just for today because today is pentecost big idea is the fire and power of god is here today for you the fire and power of god is here today for you for each and every single one of us if you're in christ if we're going to get anywhere into what god is calling us into If we're going to go anywhere into the the future that he's calling us into or walk the path that he's calling us to walk as a church and also as individuals, it is so important that we know and we hold on to the truth and we live in the truth and we remember daily that Pentecost happened, that Pentecost happened, that it is more real to us than a date in the church calendar and more real to us than a historical event that took place, but that it happened, that it is alive and it is impacting us today. Because it can be so easy to forget, and I, I, think of, I say this from myself, it can be easy to forget or live a life where our actions, our beliefs, our thoughts say, I wish that was real. That would have been awesome to have lived then. I wish it was real today. But Pentecost happened, and it still impacts us today. Today is Pentecost. Don't let that familiar word lull us into believing that it's just another day and not completely amazing, not completely world-changing, not completely, not completely shattering to some of the things that we maybe hold within us that we think, oh, this is the way things are. No, no, no. Everything has changed. See, Pentecost is when the Holy Spirit, God, God, was poured out upon the church, the people. And and the church were filled with power. They were clothed with the power of God. They were anointed and they went out to minister, didn't they? They, It wasn't some awesome experience where everyone felt tingling, fell over. The world was changed. 3,000 people were added to their number that day. Do you remember when Jesus ascended into heaven? One of the last things that he says to his disciples after he's given them the great commission, after he's given them the great commission of going into all the world, be my witnesses, the last, one of the last things he says is wait, wait. He doesn't say go, just go and do that. Go and crack on guys, I'll see you at the end, okay? I'm gonna go and have a cup of tea, he says, "Wait, wait for the Holy Spirit, who I will send, to come upon you." And they wait, and that's what Pentecost means. It's 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 fifty days after it's fifty days after Passover, after the Crucifixion. I think it's approximately about ten days after the Ascension. He says, "Wait," and the disciples are there, and they are seeking God, pressing into God, and they're that they're, they're praying. That they're praying. Some, some commentators say they're praying in the upper room. Some commentators say they're praying in the temple. So they used to go up to the temple every day. But they're praying. They're seeking God. And then the Holy Spirit falls upon them. Falls upon them. And they go out and minister. See, this life as a follower of Jesus was never intended to be a life where we're not full of the Spirit of God. It was never enough to just believe in Jesus, believe the gospel. It's enough to be saved. It's enough to be saved. But you needed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you look at what happens, this is a bit later on in Acts, what Peter and John are sent to do for a group of Samaritans who accepted the gospel. So Acts 8, 14 to 17 says, When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the Samaritans had accepted God's message of life, okay, that's the gospel, right? They had accepted God's message of life. Then they sent Peter and John to pray over them so that they would receive the Holy Spirit. For they had only been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus, which is the believer's baptism, right? You've got to believe, then you're baptized in water baptized in Jesus, and were yet to have the Holy Spirit fall upon them. As soon as Peter and John arrived, they laid their hands on the Samaritan believers, one after another, and the Holy Spirit fell and filled each one of them. The Holy Spirit is for everyone, and he's essential. It's not just like, hey, this will kind of be useful for some of you guys who are kicking off and leading the church. The Holy Spirit is for all. You know, in fact, we cannot fulfill the Great Commission without being filled. We can do religious stuff. We can do that in part. We can do all kinds of stuff because we've been gifted with all kinds of amazing natural gifts by the grace of God. We can do amazing services, but we can't live the life he's called us to fully as his witnesses until we are filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians, if you think, do you remember Paul says that he's fully preached the gospel, signs and wonders. Fully preached the gospel with signs and wonders. That actually, preaching the gospel fully involves the Holy Spirit. Paul's not the miracle worker. Paul had to partner with the miracle worker. Paul would never have been able to claim that had the Holy Spirit not been empowering him and working with him. Paul, speaking about being filled with the Holy Spirit, says, it's it's not, he says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's this thing of be continually filled, be being filled with the Holy Spirit, pressing into the Spirit of God. It's not a one-time event that you tick a box. You've done that now, you know. It's this place of life, a place of living in the Spirit of God, day in, day out. So Pentecost, Pentecost. Suddenly, everything has changed. The spiritual landscape has changed. Mankind, who throughout the Old Testament had been living under law, trying to be good enough for God, trying to keep all the rules, suddenly, because of Jesus, they are declared righteous. Mankind, through Jesus, is restored to their original standing in relationship with God Almighty. It's incredible. They're called back, or we are called back, into our original mandate. Remember right back at the beginning, God walked with Adam in the cool of the afternoon. It's just, I love that picture. It's just, it's this picture of just comfort and familiarity and just being with God Almighty. But then you go forward some time you Went know, to exodus and oh man, people came into the presence of god they couldn't even dream about walking with him in the cool of the afternoon they came into the presence of god they dropped down dead jesus has brought us to a place where we can walk today with him in the cool of the afternoon and more so because he is now dwells within us dwells inside us and upon us believers we are now filled with the Holy Spirit. The presence of God is dwelling on you. It's dwelling in you. Peter, in, in those weeks following Pentecost, amazing, amazing kind of testimonies coming out of Jerusalem that Peter, so full of the Holy Spirit, that people seem to know his route to the temple. And they, they lay sick people out along his path on on the route that he walks to the temple and he walks and as his shadow passes over them then they are healed was it anything to do with Peter? Was it because he was super holy and he read his bible which he hadn't written part of yet all the time no? No. Was it because he just prayed loads and loads got a load of spiritual points no it was all to do With the presence of God Almighty upon him. It was the Holy Spirit filling him and co laboring with him. It's God who takes somebody to that place. No one can take themselves to that place. I want to go into Acts 2, which is really this Pentecost story. We won't go through every verse, but a fair bit of it. And this is where we'll be for most of the rest of the time. Acts 2 1 to 2 says, On the day Pentecost, was being fulfilled. All the disciples were gathered in one place. Suddenly they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realms. The roar of the wind was so overpowering it was all anyone could bear. Remember, that's what brings everybody in. That's why everyone comes running because they're like, what on earth is going on? It's like a jumbo jet taking off right in the middle of Jerusalem. Who is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit and fire. Who's the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit and fire? So if we get baptized in water, I'd be, if I'm doing the baptism, I'd baptize you in water, wouldn't I? In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But who's the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit? John the Baptist said it, didn't he? It's Jesus. One is coming after me, whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the, with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Jesus there, breathing this power and the presence of, upon his church from the heavenly realms. Incredible. The Greek word here to so with them being filled has this kind of meaning and understanding of being outwardly filled, which is a bit of a weird one, but outwardly filled, being equipped. So we are filled inwardly by the Holy Spirit for life and filled outwardly, anointed for ministry. These guys loved Jesus, didn't they? The guys who were there, the church, people who've who've been with him, the disciples and the others, they loved him. They believed he was was Lord. These guys were saved. They were sealed in the Holy Spirit. But they were not ready for the work God had called them to. They were not ready for ministry. These guys weren't ready to minister until they were clothed and completely filled by the Holy Spirit. See, when we minister, and I speak a lot about, okay guys, actually the role here is we equip in the church so that you go out to be ministers in your spheres. When we minister, make sure it's in the power of the Holy Spirit. Make sure it's in the power of the Holy Spirit. So. My heart, my goal, I don't know if I always do it, but my heart, my goal is when I come up here, it's just to be praying, Holy Spirit, fill me afresh. Holy Spirit, speak through me. That it's not in the power of James, because that will do nothing. You know? I think some of you guys probably have been in some of my sermons, which have been in the power of James. Sarah's laughing. <laughs> that It's just, it's, we've got to operate in the power of the Holy Spirit, because we go so far, but God goes all the way. He can take that thing which is not able and make it so very able. we will see that again in a minute. Acts 2, 3 and 4, it says, Then all at once a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each of them. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned. There is just one pillar, okay to start with. Often the pictures see it later on right with everyone's got a little little pilot light above their head. I don't know, they didn't get the photo in time, I guess. But there's one pillar. That's where it all starts. There's one pillar of fire before it splits up. Just imagine that moment. Imagine that moment in that room or in the temple. Imagine the pillar of fire. It wouldn't have escaped any of them. What that meant. Remember God almighty appeared as a pillar of fire by night remember that he appeared before the israelites as that pillar of fire the very presence of god that led them out of captivity that led them out of their bondage, that fought for them, that defended them, that warmed them and comforted them in the cold of the desert night, was there, not as some far-off thing that we couldn't approach anymore because you're so righteous, but now dwelling on and through and upon each and every believer. It's, it's amazing. And that is the exact same thing that we have today, the exact same thing that we can live in today. It's hard to imagine, but that is Pentecost. That is Pentecost, the fire of God dwelling within and upon the followers of Jesus Christ. How incredible is that? That we're not speaking about a concept or an idea or some interesting quirky bit of theology. We're speaking about this moment in history that changed the world forever where God Almighty poured his spirit out empowering man that now he can be working through us to see his wonders happen upon the earth to see heaven come to earth the kingdom established in the here and now and nothing has changed from that moment that they were filled there and they stepped whether they stepped out they went to the temple or they were there from the moment they stepped out and they opened their mouths nothing has changed how much do you guys want more of that? Because there's always more of God. I want more of that. I want more of that. But Pentecost all starts with the disciples in prayer. Wait for me, Jesus said. And they went and held like a prayer meeting that lasted more than an hour. You know, probably went on all through the night. They were there praying, seeking God. They're speaking to God. It's all about relationship. It's never about power. It's all about him and Jesus getting the glory. It's not about you and people looking at you and thinking, wow, look what they did. Wow, look who God is. It's that deep loving heart in us to see people discover God. To see people discover God, that we would be, that we would care less about our pride, that we'd be so ready to take a risk with Him and step out, because it's not about us and us seeing something cool happen and people saying, wow, that's really great. I saw you do that. As great as it is. But actually, in the deep, of, the deep parts of us, it's about our relationship with Him and our heart and our desire and our hunger to see people come into that relationship. It's about seeing His kingdom being established upon the earth. You know, I've been really challenged when preparing this sermon because how easy is it to want an experience rather than a relationship? Well, so that's the thing we've got to hold intention the whole time we go through. Because of course we want to see people heal. Of course we want to see we want to see miracles. We want to have amazing testimonies. But if that's our goal, if our goal is to go and stand and look at, stare at the signpost as opposed to the incredible city of Christ that is signposted to, then we've missed something. I've been challenged as I prep this as well because it can be so loud. Yes, we're going to do this. Yeah, yeah. And get so pumped up about the experience, but then actually it's so risky to step out, to step out and say, let's go for this. These guys... They're filled with the Holy Spirit and they go out in boldness and they speak in tongues. They speak to everyone. The Holy Spirit in that is not shut up in some formal kind of meeting. And there's nothing wrong with experiencing the Holy Spirit within a church meeting. It's a great place to be equipped and trained and things like that. It's great. But if that's where, where the Holy Spirit stays and we're like, Holy Spirit, you've got to stay here and we'll try and get a few people to come in and meet you. you know? That's Okay. But if we don't take the Holy Spirit filled and empowered out into our workplaces, out into our lives and our spheres to minister to the world in the power of the Spirit, we're missing something. We are all ministers. Jesus calls us to ministry, doesn't he? And he promises the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who's going to be our leader, who's going to be our partner in ministry, our co-worker. How ready are we, how ready are you to take his hand and say, wherever you lead, Lord, whatever you ask, Lord. You know, like from the prophetic series we shared, as long as you're sharing those things or doing those things in love and gentleness, and we'll get into more of that in weeks to come, then it's a safe place. Remember, it's all to do with relationship with God. It's not spectacle. It's all to do with not trying to say, like, run up to someone who's just like, oh, God's going to do this to you like that, but It's gentle. It's walking and following the way of love, bringing them into that love relationship with Jesus, walking in that way. When our eyes, if we think about healing, when our eyes are more focused on the eyes of the healer, we won't fear to pray for healing because our eyes are going to be full of him. You're just staring at him. They're full of him. They're full of his victory. When we just see the sickness and this need of a miracle, We can end up looking to ourselves. We've got to do this. We've got to build the faith. We can end up trying to use God even. God, you've got to do this thing. We can end up trying to use God to get something done. But we're now partners. We're co-workers with him to see the glories of the kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. You know, I think a lot about this series as we go through it is going to be about getting bigger eyes, that we see the things behind the things, that we get bigger eyes to see the reality of what's really going on in situations. Life in the Spirit it may surprise, but it isn't about the supernatural and the miraculous. Those are outworkings. Those are signs that happen. Because it's the natural thing to happen. You know, if I have that glass just here and I hold it up and I let go of it, I will be surprised if it doesn't smash to pieces on the floor. My expectation is that's what's going to happen because the law of gravity it's going to pull that thing down and that's going to smash and i was just thinking about that really challenge what is our expectation of jesus what's our expectation of the kingdom and the power of god that's upon us in the holy spirit see those kind of things there are certain expectations that we need to have and maybe we need to realign and challenge our expectation today for our lives lived in the spirit of god life in the spirit is about calling people back to jesus it's about revealing and establishing the kingdom upon the earth it's about preaching or sharing the gospel and demonstrating the good news of god king jesus he is the victorious one isn't he the victorious one who has defeated death and established his kingdom in life is in him is life and fullness of life is eternal life. See, the Holy Spirit empowers you so that you can live that kind of kingdom life here in the present age, being a witness to the victory of Jesus Christ. That's why the Holy Spirit is empowering us so that we can be a witness to him. So whilst a lot of things within the Holy Spirit may seem but people who have no idea of him, very strange, very supernatural, we can call it, not natural. Your normal, your natural is now having a relationship with God Almighty, creator of heavens and earth, that it's normal to have your ear on his heart, that you would hear him and you'd be able to share his word, like me speaking to you about someone and someone turns around and says, how do you know that? How do you know that? that you can bring blessing and peace into the lives of people places situations see when you share something it may seem very supernatural but to you it's just the most natural thing in the world when you encounter sickness and disease and declare christ's victory and authority over it and the person is healed to those not in the kingdom it seems supernatural doesn't it it's like wah, you know it's incredible it seems impossible but it's your natural you know sometimes and i put myself in this camp sometimes we can be more surprised that god's come through ah you know it's actually happened where our expectations should be like the disciples how come we like prayed for this guy to be the demons come out and it didn't come out they're shocked they're surprised they don't get it we should have that same kind of expectation not that maybe one in one in a few will happen something's going to happen but actually the I'd be shocked if the glass didn't smash. I'd be shocked if someone isn't healed. And I know sometimes folk don't get healed, and that's challenging. But what's our expectation? What's our hope? Because hope and expectation are very close, right? And our faith faith is the substance of the things that we're hoping for. See, there isn't sickness in the kingdom. So when sickness, disease, comes into the presence of the kingdom where King Jesus, the victorious one, his rule is established in that place. That's what kingdom means, the king's dominion. When his rule is there, something's got to give. They don't live side by side. They don't live in the same area. Something's got to give. It's not going to be Jesus. Something's got to give. Let's live in that place with a transformed expectation. All the gifts are to point to Christ and his victory his kingdom and they remind us how we have entered into this whole new kingdom life that we live in victory not because we're super holy but because it's his victory that he's won that everything has changed and in line with that our expectation needs to change too what's your expectation so we're living under a new normal at Pentecost the people they're gathered there they are completely astonished because these guys and and ladies I believe as well and, and young people they're Galileans uneducated country folk there was a, there was a phrase nothing good's ever come out of Galilee you know could anything good ever come from Galilee uneducated yokels like if you could try and imagine who that would be your stereotype for you Shame on you. No, that would be your stereotype. They were speaking. These guys are standing up speaking in various languages. Only the thing that the super educated would know. It's a new normal that's happening. It's a new normal. So I'm going to read Acts 2, 5 to 12. Now, at that time, there were Jewish worshippers who had emigrated from many different lands to live in Jerusalem. When the people of the city heard the roaring sound, crowds came running to where... where it was coming from stunned over what was happening because each one could hear the disciples speaking in his or her own language bewildered they said to one another aren't these all Galileans so how is it that we hear them speaking in our own languages we are northeastern Iranians northwestern Iranians Elamites and those from Mesopotamia Judea east central Turkey the coastal areas of the Black Sea Asia north central Turkey southern Turkey Egypt, Libyans who are neighbours of Cyrene, visitors from all over the Roman Empire, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, yet we hear them speaking of God's mighty wonders in our own dialects. They all stood there dumbfounded and astonished, saying to one another, what is this phenomenon? So what is going on? They're seeing this bunch of country folks from a rural area in Israel stand up and speak like this, The Holy Spirit is bringing this new normal. The Holy Spirit, through his church, is bringing restoration over the curse of Babel, the separation, the unity of mankind in the language of the Spirit. It's beautiful. God calling mankind back to himself in a language that they can understand. Not come these guys together to make a name for themselves in sweat and labor and toil But to be given a new name and to pronounce a new name, to speak of a new name and be elevated beyond that which Babel never could, to be honored, to be made righteous in Christ. It's incredible. There's this restoration that God is bringing to his people, to the people of the world, to all humanity. They say, Aren't these all Galileans? They're saying, Aren't these uneducated yokels? How are they speaking these languages? How are they doing this? This is a phenomenon. God takes the foolish things of the world to confound the wise with them, doesn't he? These Galileans were not able in themselves. They were not able in themselves. Today, you may be sat here thinking of what you feel God's called you to do, thinking, I am not able in myself, God. I have no idea how to get from here to where you're calling me to. But that doesn't matter because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Just like these Galileans were not able in their own strength, but they were completely able because they were filled with the Spirit of God. So are you. So too are you, like them. See, we're living in this whole new place. And number of the number of the people there think they're all drunk. I don't know how they got to them having some amazing language abilities and thinking they must be wasted because that doesn't like turn up that often where I go if you're out in Lang Kui Fong, you probably won't hear people speaking in all kinds of various languages just off the top of their head because they happen to be drunk. But anyway, a lot of them say these guys must be drunk. Peter stands up and he explains and he says this in Acts 2 16 to 18 this is the fulfillment of what was prophesied through the prophet Joel for God says this is what I will do in the last days I will pour out my spirit on everybody and cause your sons and daughters to prophesy and your young men will see visions and your old men will experience dreams from God the Holy Spirit will come upon all my servants men and women alike and they will prophesy everything has changed everything has changed you know in the old testament there was a few guys usually guys and that they would have their messages from god but no it wasn't all flesh having the spirit of god poured out on them that they could prophesy it's completely unrestricted access for everyone that scene in pentecost must have blown the religious people's minds blown their minds because there's not just some guys standing up i think quite often we just think of like like a few of the disciples stood up but there's a lot of people there. There's a lot of people. And because Peter's saying this, you know, I think there are women standing up there prophesying too and speaking in other tongues. There, I wouldn't be surprised if there are children standing up or young people standing up sharing something. And what an incredible scene. What a sight. I love the thought of this just diversity and mixture of the church being filled with the spirit of god sharing with these people something i've shared with some of you guys recently and just to encourage you if your parents or teachers or work with kids or whatever is that there is no junior holy spirit there is no junior holy spirit it's not there's not an age limit on being filled with the holy spirit moving in these kind of things that we're going to be speaking about children have access to the same holy spirit that adults do in fact, kids can often pray with a lot less hindrances, right? Jesus said, make yourself like little children. They're kind of cheating because they already are, you know, have less hang up sometimes than we do. I hope that we grow into a church where our children, the families coming in here, are familiar with healing, are familiar with miracles and hearing the voice of God and prophesying that it's not a new normal for them, that it's just their normal, that they're just grown up in that environment. Like if you imagine a baby born at that moment into a household that followed Jesus, it's just been like, how different would their life have been? You know, it's just been so that their, their expectation would have been so different. So they spoke in tongues in these various real languages that they didn't know. Why? Not to look weird. So people are like, that was so weird. Let's go back next week. It was so that they could communicate the heart of God, call people in their own languages back to him, to point to God, to share the gospel. That's what it's all about. And then Peter stands up and he speaks about Jesus. Guys, if everything isn't rooted in Jesus and because of Jesus then we're missing something. We're missing something. Acts 2, 22 to 24, then 32 to 33. No, 32 and and 33. Peter continued, people of Israel, listen to the facts. Jesus, the victorious, I love that. Jesus, the victorious, was a man on a divine mission whose authority was clearly proven. For you know how God performed many powerful miracles, signs and wonders through him. This man's destiny was prearranged for God knew that Jesus would be handed over to you to be crucified and that you would execute him on a cross by the hands of lawless men. Yet it was all part of his predetermined plan. God destroyed the cords of death and raised him up because it was impossible for death's power to hold him prisoner. Can't you see? God has resurrected Jesus we all have seen him these guys have all seen him we all have seen him then god exalted him to his right hand upon the throne of highest honor and the father gave him the authority to send the promised holy spirit which is being poured out upon us today that is what you are seeing and hearing the poured out and promised holy spirit see it's all because of jesus it's all because of jesus it's all in him it's all for him it's all from him In order for us to live this life in the Spirit and to live lives of ministry in the power of the Holy Spirit, we have to know Christ's victory. We've got to know Christ's victory. We've got to know Christ's victory. Remember, we said last week, our faith is in Jesus's victory. It's in Him. It's in His victory when we step out. And we have faith in something, not because we feel great about ourselves or we feel super spiritual. We have faith because Christ is the victor. One day every knee will bow and every tongue confess that jesus is lord god the son the victorious one defeated death and gives us his life that's your lord that's your god king of kings how much does he deserve the glory how much should we remind ourselves whenever we're stepping out in these things of ministry that it's always about pointing back to him the holy spirit doesn't forget that's his role it's his job the holy spirit will glorify the son that's his role when your heart is in line with the holy spirit to see jesus glorified to see his kingdom his rule established in a place a person a situation the holy spirit is all over that he's so for that the holy spirit working in and through us bears witness to the victory of jesus christ that people would see the stuff and be like wow jesus not wow james if that's happening something's wrong and the holy spirit filling us he empowers us empowers us to be witnesses acts 1 8 we've dropped back this is when jesus is speaking to the disciples about sending the holy spirit and he says but i promise you this the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be filled with power. And you will be my messengers, another word is witnesses. You will be my witnesses to Jerusalem, throughout Judea, the distant provinces even to the remotest places on the earth. You see, there's an order of that. You you guys are going to be filled with the Holy Spirit and you're going to be filled with power and you will be my witnesses. In Jerusalem, Judea, and to the uttermost ends of the earth. Incredible. See, our ability to be witnesses, his messengers, is all dependent on first being filled with the Holy Spirit and his power. And Peter shares this, and the crowd responds, and this is how the crowd responds in Acts 2:37. It says this: When they heard this, they were crushed. They were crushed. And they realized what they had done to Jesus. Deeply moved. These guys are broken, deeply moved. They said to Peter and the other apostles, what do we need to do, brothers? What do we need to do? These guys were crushed, crushed. They realized what they had done. They had put Jesus on a cross. They killed God. We all did it, though. We all did it. Our sin put Jesus on the cross see easter is a very personal time i said this uh, easter message easter is a very personal time it's not a story of something that happened 2000 years ago it's very personal because whilst it happened 2000 years ago your sin is right there being dealt with in that moment our sin crushed our lord upon a cross our realization of sin if you do not know him should crush us man see when you believe the gospel the, it's not just this kind of five steps to salvation like a bit of theology written on the back like back of your hand or something like that but something that's right there in front of you that's covered in blood and instead of your blood it's the blood of Jesus his blood for your sin see you'll never see the gospel then as a license to sin you'll never see it as a license to sin honestly as you go deeper with him you're you will you're going to see stuff you never even realized you realized you never thought was a sin in the first place which can be annoying the gospel causes us to run from sin run from it why not well, to be super holy it's some effort to be more godly but because of love, because of love for the one who paid for it all, yours and mine. Jesus paid for all your sin, where that blood should be yours, but it's Jesus's. He took the penalty of God's wrath, and in exchange, he gives you his righteousness. That means Jesus paid with his life so that you could be blameless before God the Father that you could have a relationship with him, that you could walk with him again in the cool of the afternoon so that you would be called righteous, that you would be called blameless and that you would be eligible to have the spirit of the living God fill you and clothe you with himself, with power. Guys, what a privilege we have. The Holy Spirit is a gift. Let us never li- live a day more where, where we don't, Take hold of that and think, yeah, I cannot do this by myself. I am waiting on you. I'm not going to walk out my front door in the morning. Don't use that as an excuse for work. But I'm not going to walk out the door in the front in in the morning until you. I am filled afresh with you, Holy Spirit, filled with power. So receive Him today, guys, as your Lord. If you don't, if you haven't, if you don't call Jesus your Lord, receive Him today. They ask, what do we need to do, brothers? Some commentators say it's actually that they're saying, What is it we need to do to be your brothers, to be family with you, to be family in this? And Peter replies in Acts 2 38 to 39. Peter replied, Repent and return to God. And each of you must be baptized into the name of Jesus. That's receive the gospel, receive Christ, believe, turn, repent, be baptized in water, the anointed one, to have your sins removed then you may take hold of the gift of the holy spirit guys take if you if you haven't taken hold of the gift of the holy spirit today take hold of it for god's promise of the holy spirit is for you and your families for those yet to be born that's us and for everyone whom the lord our god calls to himself that's amazing see we don't receive the holy spirit by being super spiritual We don't earn the Holy Spirit. You never could. And so also as a comfort, because we do mess up, right? We mess up. You also can't lose the Holy Spirit by having a bad day. So you can't earn him and you can't lose him. He is a gift given to you and a gift given to you because of everything Christ has done. Acts 2, 40 to 41. Peter preached to them and warned them with these words. Be rescued from a wayward and perverse culture of this world. Those who believed the word that day numbered 3,000. They were all baptized and added to the church. They were all baptized and added to the church. The church of Jesus, that's us, is a church that grows and advances through the power of the Holy Spirit through the power of the Holy Spirit, through his work and influence in us and through us. 3,000 added in one day by a bunch of uneducated country folk. That gives us hope, right? But they're filled with the Holy Spirit. We are and always have been a Holy Spirit-powered church. So just kind of coming into land, Pentecost is god giving us what we need what we need to achieve what he's actually called us to do in the first place he has given us we always say he's given us provision for the vision often we think about that as something in finance or resources he's given us provision for the vision that he set out it's the gift of the holy spirit he's given us himself i will never leave you or forsake you christ with the spirit is there with us day in and day out he said jesus said didn't he that he would build his church. He would build his church and the gates of Hades would not prevail against it. I find this one really challenging because as doing church planting, it's so easy to flick into trying to build the church. But Jesus said he would build the church, but something he actually said to us was for our focus. He said, wait. Didn't he? he said, Wait, and the Holy Spirit will come upon you and fill you with power, and you will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. And as, you, as you're witnessing to me, people are going to come to faith in me and believe in me, and you'll disciple them into that same place of loving me. You'll baptize them in my name. They will be filled with the Holy Spirit, they will be my witnesses. See, when our focus is on our role, To be ministers of the gospel that in the power of the holy spirit we can be his witnesses then people will be saved the kingdom will be established darkness will be pushed back and the church is going to grow the church is going to grow our heart and we say this occasionally is when people come into this place that they experience the presence and the power of God, that intimacy with God, that they come in here and say, oh, God's here, God's here. That's our heart, that, that they would discover God. Sure, we want all sorts of cool stuff and things like that, but if people come in and that's all that they see and go away with, then, and they've not, they've not come in here and left with Jesus, not, they're feeling closer to him, on another level with him, then we miss something pentecost happened pentecost happened the holy spirit is available for all who would ask it's available for all who would ask and you guys are going to have that opportunity right now that we the church of jesus would be filled with the holy spirit that we would be filled with power to be his witnesses and i'm just going to read this verse from luke 13, eleven thirteen 13b if you're unsure, oh, I don't know if the Holy Spirit would do that, or if I would be able to receive the Holy Spirit from God. How much more will the perfect heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit's fullness when his children ask him? If you are in Christ, if you're a child of God today, you are children of God. If you ask for the Holy Spirit, he'll be given to you. He'll be given. What I'm just going to do is just give an opportunity for anyone here or who is listening on the podcast to give your life to Jesus. To say, I want to make you my Lord. I want to receive the Holy Spirit. I want to receive your salvation. I choose to give you my life today. And that you start this journey with him today. It's the best, most awesome decision you could ever make. So if that's you, just pray this after me. Jesus, thank you for making me your treasure. Thank you for paying the price for my sin, which I could never pay. I ask for forgiveness today for all my sin, Receive your righteousness and I thank you. Thank you for making me blameless before the Father. Thank you for saving me. I give you my life today and make a decision to follow you from this day forward amen if you prayed that you're coming to, to the lord as everyone's eyes here are closed if that was you just pop your hand quickly up in the air and someone will come and chat to you later if you're on the podcast and, and you've just prayed that send us a message through the through the website we'd love to speak and connect with you so, guys, what we're going to do now is invite the Holy Spirit just to come afresh into this place. And if this is new for you, I just want to kind of reassure your hearts as well that He's a respecter of persons. His filling isn't a thing of possession or something scary like that. I just invite you guys to invite Him to fill you afresh fill you to invite him to fill you to come upon you just say yes to him just say yes to him i'm going to pray just for all of us and then and then we will um, some of us will just go around praying praying as well and have that have that moment before we worship and close father i thank you that you are that that you sent your son into this world Jesus, I thank you that you paid the ultimate price that we could be made blameless before you. Lord, I thank you that you prepared a way and that you sent the Holy Spirit to be with us. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come into this place today. Jesus, we just ask, send the Holy Spirit. Jesus, we ask that you baptize us fresh in the Holy Spirit. Pour your Spirit afresh out upon us. Fill this place Holy Spirit, come and be in this place afresh, Lord. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would come. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Minister to each person individually. Fill them afresh where where they're at. In your mighty name. Amen.